Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with a good friend, coach, and mentor, John Opoluski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm good, and I'm excited to uh, continue our series, Leadership and Today. Yes. Yeah, it's been great. I I, I think of all these, um, maybe all of them have led up to this one. And, and that is, we're going to talk today. Why don't you introduce the topic and give us a little bit of a jumpstart here? Yeah. So the topic is leadership and success. Uh, and boy, we live in a culture where success is important to people. It, uh, or to a lot of yeah. people, not to yeah. all people, but to dominantly, yeah. I think success is a big deal in our, in our world, uh, the world we live in. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, that uh, in in the business world, there's there are markers of success, you know, a, a company that's financially profitable, um, while at the same time adding a lot of value to their clients and to their employees. Yeah. Um, you know, I think companies that make a lot of money and don't take care of their employees uh, are frowned upon, you know, uh, yeah. more and more, as they should be, um, in, in my mind. And, uh, you know... You know, success in business and success in ministry. You know, there's there's some diverting there, right? There's a there's a difference. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think I think uh, one of the questions that's in the back of most pastors' mind, whether they're aware of it or not, is what does what does success in pastoral leadership or ministry leadership look like? Yeah. What is yeah. it, and what measurables do we use to define it? Um, Jim, what are some of the common you know, common metrics that churches yeah. and ministries use to determine fruitfulness. Right. Well, I, I think the the obvious one is how many you're running, John. Yeah, that's the one yeah. you you try not to ask it because because there there's ramifications to it, but you want to know. So how, how many you're running? We want to know about square feet, we want to know about dollars, we want to know about programs, we want to know about people, we want to know about staff. And the larger the number associated with those questions. I, I believe in many ways, the, the larger, at least the, the opinion might be of success. And I, I say this because I, you know, it was the last time you were at a conference and, and someone who pastored uh, a kind of ministry that had really small numbers of those was platformed, was you bought their book, you listened to their podcast, you, so generally the people that have the most influence are those who have the most of these. And so we consider that the standard of success. Right. And I and I think that um, uh, you know I think you and I are on the same page here. That those kinds of metrics can't be the only measure of what matters. No, no. Uh, we see the, we see the disaster that comes when they are the disaster. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And and so what I'd like to talk about today is you know if if the church or ministry that you lead is growing and and seeing wonderful things happening and a lot of good fruit um that we first of all rejoice with you over that sure but secondly we want to caution you yeah because success brings along with it danger yeah and one of those real dangers is losing track of the real reason we're called a ministry yeah um you know, I think Jesus kind of lays it out for us in Matthew 28, right? And he says, yeah. go for, go and, and make disciples 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded yeah. you. And I surely I will be with you to the end of the age. You know, um, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was a long time ago. I, I had an epiphany, Jim, yeah. uh, that God's definition of success is far different than mine. Yeah. And that was an aha moment. And I wonder yeah. if those who are watching and listening today uh, are in the same boat yeah. uh, or same thinking pattern. I don't know. What do you think about this whole subject before we get into some of the just some of the real nitty gritty of it? Yeah, I, I just think it's huge I, I, because success creates a goal. It creates a vision. It creates a culture. It creates a dream. I, it's funny you're talking about that aha moment. I was thinking about Saul of Tarsus on his way, you know, to go arrest more of the followers of Jesus. And he gets knocked to the ground, bright light, blinded, hears his voice, you know, why are you persecuting me? He goes, Who are you? He goes, I'm Jesus. You go, Oh man. Like I <laughs> that's not a that's not an oh no moment. That's a there's a stronger language for that moment. And I it's everything he was doing, I, you know, zealously and successfully and advancing and he's being discipled by Gamaliel. I mean, this guy is, mm. he is Harvard law. He is right up front. He's going to be the next Senator from the great state of wherever. And now he realizes everything he's been working on is uh, it's, he's been, he's been putting his ladder against the wrong house. Right. And, yeah. and Jesus talks about this in Matthew 16. He says, what will it profit a man if he gets yeah. the whole world and forfeits his soul? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Jesus teaches us, multiple times that our soul and the souls of those we lead uh, are much more important yeah. than the size of the church, the magnitude of its bank statement, the flashiness of its programs. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, success, Jim, though desirable, fruitfulness, though, it's something we all want to achieve, yeah. comes with this um, subtle temptation to see people as a means to an end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you know, body gets ugly. Yeah. yeah. It gets ugly right then. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And, and, and it's ugly for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons I think that it's ugly is people who are used that way. Um, it's hard for them to come, come around and be open yes. again to serving and, giving their time because they they felt like they were just a cog in a machine That's or it. a robot. They That's weren't it. a real person. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that, Jim, that thought? I, I, I think that we formed the UAW in 1936 because it was we were tired of being used as robots. And uh, the, the sense that the man or Henry Ford or, you know, Chrysler, whoever it was, it was at the helm was benefiting from this in a way that that the worker was not. And I, I think if we're not careful, the church as well can become an assembly line where we, we fashion this and we fit that. And now you've been through this, now get to work. And so, you know, me and my heart, John, if we need to find yes. more workers in the nursery, I, I get that. But find people that love babies. Don't don't go to your membership mm -hmm. class and say you, you, you and you. Because right. someone who's supposed to be there will be rewarded in their heart by living out their purpose. And those who are not supposed to be there will feel used. Um, the 40 million people that went to church in the nineties are no longer going to church today. According to the last, uh, the book that I just read 40 million and 30 million of them, as I understand 
would be willing to go back to church. They didn't, they didn't defaith. They didn't deconvert. They left yeah. the church, not, not Jesus or even scripture uh, or even fellowship. Why, you know, why is that? We're supposed to go there for fellowship and they avoid it because something's, something's been horribly wrong since the nineties. And I think it's my opinion, but I think the modern church growth, bigger is better, make it bigger, bigger events, bigger, that's more numbers, more numbers. It's burned out a lot of people. And, um, I, I, I really think we've made some horrible mistakes. So I think back to what is success, success cannot be numerical as it benefits me without, without there being some sort of a, a labor union formed to fight against sure. the tyranny of, of being enslaved rather than adopted. Yeah. You know, the apostle Paul talks about this in a in Philippians chapter two, look not only to your own interests, yes. but also to the interests of others. There's yes. a mutuality. There's a win-win. You know, one of our, our yeah. values is win-win partnerships. Yeah. Um, and we believe God is big enough for everybody to win in, in, in as he defines winning. Yeah. Uh, um, and so, so we're, we're saying all of this mm -hmm. to set up something that we really want to get to here. And that is this, when you are in a season of great momentum, be careful. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can sneak up on you uh, and, yeah. and cause a great deal of damage to you. And I have two yeah. here, Jim, that I, I want to talk about. The first one yeah. is pride. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, um, one of the one of the top seven, right? One of the most deadly sins is yeah. this this uh, pride that can come when all signs are pointing to success. You know, there are people mm -hmm. who are coming to Jesus and getting disciple, and the, the programs you're running are effective, and finances are booming. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy for our heads to get swollen. Yes. Um, and and scripture has a great deal to say about this pesky little problem. It's not a little problem <laughs> of, yeah. of, of pride. Um, here's, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel good when things are going well. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Celebrate. Yeah. Rejoice. Yeah. yeah. But guard against those feelings like this. Wow, I finally figured this out. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, look what, look, look what we did and we don't include God's grace and help in that statement. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. or pride sometimes manifests like this, Jim, uh, success is so intoxicating, can be so intoxicating that I just keep taking on more responsibility. I keep right. taking yep. more. I'm riding the wave, you know, and I, yeah. And I, I have an overestimated uh uh ability or an overestimation is the better word of my yeah. ability my work ability and and and, yeah. and it's all it's pride like oh i can do more yeah. i can do more i can do more and yeah. and so this first one this is one of the most common dangers that come to us uh it, it it's getting proud what do you think about this one jim huge yeah huge i i I think any measure of success feels so good. You want to feel more of it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if a dollar is good, then two must be twice as good. If, you know, 10 people is good, 20 people, you know, must be twice as good. One staff member is good. Then two staff members must be twice as good. I, mm -hmm. I think though, you realize as you succeed, and we find this a lot is people, once they reach their goals, 
they haven't, they're not actually fulfilled in reaching That's those right. goals. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of looked at those around them who, who claimed to be successes, modeled what they did, and sometimes had the exact same results, but then they look in the mirror and they still don't really care for the person that, that yeah. did it. I, so I, you know, what is success? It's a, it isn't, it isn't that mysterious, is it? I'm sure you're going to give us some thoughts on what success really is, yeah. but it, it isn't, it isn't really a, you know, what number will satisfy me? There is no number. How right. many, there is no, how many, what, what, what accolade, what you can have more degrees than the average thermometer, but, but it, it and that's wonderful. All these things are wonderful, right? But yeah. it's not satisfying. And I think success is better defined as contentment than it is with ambition. I, I, I maybe, that's good. I, but I, uh, I, I want to hear what you have to say before I say it myself here. Yeah, it's really good. You know, I think, and I think that this, um, you know, this kind of leads into the next trap. So pride's the big one, right? But kind of the outworking of pride can be leading in our own strength. And I think yes. that's the second trap. You know, yeah. uh, when things are going well, it's very easy to work at a reckless pace. Yeah. You know, we think we need to continue to run fast because we've got to keep replicating the same results. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and when we work at a breakneck speed to make the ministry successful, uh, what really matters tends to suffer. Yes. It's, it's leading yeah. in our own strength. I, Jim, I've, uh, in my many years of doing work with pastors, um, m- most of the guys that have gotten into trouble, real trouble, yes, have done it not because they were inherently disingenuous, evil people, it was because they were tired. Yeah. And their exhaustion. Yeah led them to make decisions they would never make if they were well rested. And so, and so I think, you know, it's very important to ask ourselves a few questions about this whole leading in our own strength thing. And I'm just going to throw them out there. Yeah. You know, uh, here's one who or what is getting our best energy as leaders. Mm. And then a follow-up to that is who or what is getting our leftovers. Mm. Um, Here's another one. Why are we doing the things we're doing? Is it love for God and for people? Or is it a secret desire to be admired? Yeah. And be thought of as the, the man, the guy. Right. Um, and, and what fruit is resulting from leading in our own, you know, not just in our ministry, but even more importantly, in our personal lives. Yeah. You know, in our marriage, in our relationship with our kids. You know, at, at the end of the day, Jim, success in ministry is defined very differently than worldly success. So you you said, let's talk about what it is. I'm just going to throw these out there and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. Yeah. Success in ministry includes, now I'm not, this is not exhaustive, but this is uh, yeah. four that came to my mind. One, upholding the reputation of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in every area, right? This is not just on Sunday morning or the annual business meeting. This is every day. This is everywhere. This is everyone. You got it. Yeah. You have a if you have a church of ten thousand people and you damage the reputation of Jesus, I don't think you're successful. Yeah. Um, Here's another one: the health and longevity of our most important relationships. Yeah. I've heard success defined this way: being loved and respected. By those closest to you. Yeah. 
Um, here's a third one, faithfulness. Success in ministry includes faithfulness, showing up every day. Yeah. Whether you feel yeah. like showing up or not, whether you're seeing the results <laughs> yeah. you want or not, or not, you know you have a calling. God hasn't released you from that calling. Success is you showing up. Uh, somebody asked me, I don't know how long ago it was, six months ago, you know, we've been really growing quickly in the last couple of years yeah. uh, at, at Converge <clears throat> Coaching. And um, somebody says, well, how did that happen? And I said, well, the grace of God, he opened doors for us, you know, yeah. all of these things. I said, but our piece of that was we just showed up. Yeah. We were consistent over a long period of time. And that at some point, it all came together. And and so faithfulness is success. And then fruit. Yes. And here let me let me describe fruit the, the way I think about it. It's both qualitative and quantitative. Yeah. So so there's a quality, right? There's a there's a yeah. um uh you know it, it, I would rather have uh hundred people who really love the Lord and who were uh, pursuing Jesus than five hundred yeah. people who were just there for whatever and didn't have yeah. any passion for the Lord, right? Is 500 people yeah. without passion for the Lord for 10 years more success than 100? No, it, right. that have passion. Right. So I don't know. What do you think about those <clears throat> four, Jim, as I threw, threw them yeah, out there? I, it's funny. This was really prominent in my mind in youth ministry. I, 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 went in, I, was, I was from a, a church in Phoenix that was known as the fastest growing church in America for I don't know, a decade or more. And so that's kind of what you have is bigger and better and more is successful. And by, by the way, no, no criticism at all of the leadership of that church. It, it was, they're in the right place at the right time with the right stuff. And I, and I'm grateful for everything they've done in my life. They're, they build a foundation for me, but it was natural for me when I went into youth ministry to say, well, this is what success is. It's bigger. It's better. It's so there wasn't a, a youth group that I knew of that had a hundred people in it. So I walked in, there were, I think eight, but my goal was first six months to get a hundred people. We, we reached a hundred people in three months. The problem was we had ministry for eight <laughs> and we had a hundred and very quickly the, the inmates took over the prison very, very quickly. My prayer changed from God, give me the biggest youth group in Arizona to God. Don't give me one more person that I can have ministry for. And I realized I'd, I'd built the, the top of the pyramid without building the base. And it, it was swaying back and forth with the lightest breeze. So I, it's a shame that some of the kids were exposed to a, a youth ministry with an immature youth minister. That I'm sure that cost somebody something. But it was a lesson for me to say, now start building leaders. Ministry for people has to predicate ministry to people. And But but then that changed, right? So, you know, how big is your youth group? Well, I was 100. Oh, wow, Jim, that's amazing. Three months, you must be an amazing youth pastor. Hey, I've got a friend looking for an amazing youth pastor. Oh, thank you, but I'm really satisfied. But my, my ego is getting bigger and bigger. Well, if they run into me a month later, how many are you running? I'd say 30. And I'm so glad those 70 punks didn't come back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were killing me. My yeah. pastor wanted to fire me, you know. So it's I I think I think God has the right to define success, but but obviously He has, and it, it does it involves people, and not yes. not as numbers, but as souls, as stories, as as family. I would never never treat my sons the way I treated those kids in that youth group. 
I would have loved them much more, but I, there wasn't enough of me to go around. I, I prayed for the wrong yeah. thing. God honored my prayer. And in doing so, answered a prayer I never prayed. And I think there's a lot of people listening right now, you know, that maybe what's holding them back is the desire for the thousand people and you're not taking care of the 20 that God's given you, or it's, you got a yeah. thousand people, but you don't have ministry for them. You got to build that base. Um, so good. It's, it's elusive, right? I think, I think success today may look different than success is going to look tomorrow or yesterday. I think I think you I think you're right about that. Yeah, but, I imagine the, the Levite and the priest that passed the guy laying on the side of the road and the parable of the Good Samaritan had successful days before that day and after that day, but it was the Samaritan that stopped that actually was the one that was successful that day. Jesus told the story, so maybe maybe we start with a clean slate every day, and uh, that's that's better than looking at my resume or looking at my dreams, but looking at today is a fresh series of mercies offered to me to serve my King and and make him famous, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think growth, organizational momentum, they're wonderful, right? They are, yeah. But they can be dangerous. And they sure are. Here's the good news. They don't have to be dangerous. You know, just yeah. all the things. Walk humbly. Yeah. Don't forget. But the only reason you're doing what you're doing is because of the mercy and grace of God in your life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Walk yeah. humbly. Yeah. Pace yourself wisely. I wonder sometimes, Jim, if if workaholism and arrogance aren't wins. Yeah, I, I throw insecurity in there as well. Yeah. 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 Like somehow this whole thing, if I don't do this, this thing's going to come tumbling down. Yeah. Um, so pace yourself wisely. Take this posture. You know, look, look at what we did, Lord. Yeah. Instead of look at what yeah. I did. Yeah. And and resist the temptation to gain success at the expense of the most important relationships in your world. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it comes to the end of it, not one of my clients is going to be around my deathbed. Yeah. It's going to be if Laura's still surviving, it'll be yeah. Laura. It'll be our yeah. boys, our granddaughters. You know, that's who's going to be there. That's going to be why, or not. And so, yeah. why, why do I want to wait yeah. to invest in those relationships until that yeah. point? No, man, I, I want to, while I have health, I want to make sure that those relationships are healthy and, and, and well yeah. fed. So, Jim, that's what I've got on this yeah. today. I, you know, last Sunday, I, I, you know, I said, what's, what's the Lord saying to you? Last Sunday, the Lord showed me something that I, I feel is, is worth sharing. And that is I, that we had a, some problem with the light somewhere in the building. And there's this young man who's wonderful name's Austin. He was carrying, it must be a, a 20 foot step ladder. It's a, it's a huge, heavy step ladder. He has a three-year-old son named Micah. So Austin is carrying this. He's, he's, you know, bent over a 45 degree angle carrying this. Micah has got his hand on, on the last step and he, and he's helping his dad carry the ladder. And I felt like the Lord said, that's us. You know, yeah. that's like, like you're, you're not, my yoke is easy. My burden is light because I'm carrying 99.9% of the weight. You get to put your hand on it because I'm a good father. And when we're done, I said, what you do when you're done with that? He said, I high five and said, thanks son for helping me carry the ladder. I, that's a good dad. And I think yeah. the same thing is true. Everybody listening, like, please understand, yes, your hands on the ladder, but you, you'd be wrong to believe you're actually bearing the, the, the weight the substance. So do do your part. It's a father-son project. It's a daddy-daughter dance. Do it well. Enjoy every minute of it. And in the end, when you're when your father high fives you and says, Good job, 
you know, know that it's, it's not, I, I couldn't have done this without you. It's, I chose to do it with you because I love you. And right. maybe that success is at the end of this, the quality and fidelity of our works will be known by just two simple words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, you know, just be good, just be faithful. So thanks everybody. And thanks, John, for just 210 episodes and it's getting better and better. You better be careful. You're going to get really good at this and get a reputation. You know, I'm just saying, this is this is getting richer and richer all the time. So we love you guys. We're praying for you. Keep your hand on the ladder. Remember who's bearing the weight. Uh, remember that in the end, if everybody thinks you're a success, but Jesus, you're a failure. Everybody thinks you're a failure, but Jesus, you're a success. He gets, he gets the right to tell us who we really are. So serve under, with, and through by Jesus. And uh, you'll never regret it. So Tell your people you love them this week and be a, be a great spiritual father or mother, not just a, a leader. Be a servant, not a CEO. And God, God will bless you. So we are praying for you. We love you. Keep going as you continue to lead from alignment.